Hello and welcome to The Coaching Corner, a podcast by RefCoach. We are Jack and Ale, and on this podcast, we provide short, educational conversations about refereeing to help officials improve and enjoy the game they love. Today's topic is VAR, Video Assistant Referee. Now, normally in the coaching corner, we'll focus on a a topic of refereeing that referees can apply to their game. But today, we're going to give an overview of VAR and hopefully give a little bit of an insight to referees or the majority of referees who probably won't use VAR. So, Ali, to kick us off, why was VAR brought in? Jack, VAR was brought in for a number of reasons. I think that the main for me, and we discussed this as well with Adriano in uh, one of the My Life of the Lion episodes, but uh, there was massive pressure from the footballing community about bringing in video refereeing. For years, I remember watching games and watching football shows and everyone kept saying, if we can review it on the television, why don't the referees go and do it themselves and correct their mistakes? And that was probably what put the most pressure on all the footballing entities to just create something that worked that way. In a nutshell, that's that's where it all started. We could probably talk about this forever, but that's a discussion for another podcast. Yeah, I agree. I think it comes down to people wanted football to be a perfect game. They wanted to remove errors. Um, and the people who designed VAR, they, I don't think they went with the mindset they knew they couldn't remove all errors, but they wanted to minimize errors. And statistically, that's what VAR has done. Game-changing decisions have become more accurate in games of VAR. There's no question about it. But that's from a IFAB, you know, referee, top-level point of view. What you've got underneath that is all of the fans, pundits, players who go, well, why was VAR brought in? They want a perfect game. They want football to be perfect. They don't want any errors. Uh, but VAR is never going to be able to solve that because, and the reason we love football is it's an opinion-based game. Football is a game of opinions. It's subjective. What you think is a penalty ally, I might disagree. So it's not black and white. Things like offside, well, we thought things like offside were black and white, but we've seen with VAR that, yes, something can be offside by half a millimetre, but other people don't accept that that's offside. Uh, so even things we thought were black and white, have we've discovered aren't black and white. So we, VAR was brought in to, to minimise errors. It wasn't brought in to create a perfect game, but to give referees a chance to fix the howlers. You are spot on, uh, Jake. It's it's what it is. Plus, you know, perfect refereeing performances will never sell headlines and will never get TV views. So there's always going to be that element in, in our game, in all sports, in, in all fairness, but also, at the same time, we also need to consider that fans, they all, they're always going to hate on something or on someone when their team loses. We all do it. It's human and yeah. it's part of the game. Hmm. So we touched on why it was brought in, but let's talk about how VR operates. Yeah. When does sure. it intervene? What, what, are, what are the things that VR can do and cannot do? So VAR can intervene in four instances, four areas. So one is goals, another's penalties, another's mistaken identity, and another is red cards. They're the four areas where referees can come in. 
VAR can come in. For goals, it's looking at things such as fouls in the build-up, offsides in the build-up. Was there an offside earlier in the play? Has the referee kept? Has the assistant referee delayed his flag because we have VAR in this competition? It's looking at anything to do with the goal or the build-up to the goal. Penalties, that's pretty straightforward. Um, if a penalty is given or not given, then VAR can intervene to uphold or, or potentially correct a decision. Mistaken identity, again, that's that's pretty obvious. Um, if the wrong player is sent off, then the VAR can come in and intervene. And then finally, red cards. But that is only direct red cards. Uh, a VAR can't come in on a second yellow, which results in a red card. It's only if it's a direct red card can VAR potentially intervene. Yeah, you covered it really well, Jack. And I think that's that's the... That's quite important to to outline as to what VR can do because and where can VR can intervene because as you said before VR is there for major decisions and the ones you listed are all major decisions goals penalties red cards offsides for goals it's all in the uh, attacking phase of play and all those fouls and on offside they're all in there they, you can't review a foul that happened five minutes before a goal. VR can intervene in the event of clear and obvious errors or serious missed incidents. So what do what does this mean, Jack? What what is a clear and obvious error? What is a serious missed incident? So I think it's probably easy to start with what doesn't fit that category. So you're talking that 50-50 tackle, 50% of people in the room will think it's a foul. 50% of the people in the room will say it's not a foul. And that doesn't have to be referees. That can just be football fans off the street. So they are where VAR will not get involved because that is not clear and obvious. That is grey. We don't want VAR re-refereeing the game. Otherwise, otherwise, we'd have VAR getting involved 12 times a game, which is it's not what we want. So yeah. clear and obvious is meant to be every single person in the stadium can see that an error has been made. To circle back to what you said at the beginning, Jack, I think we could say when it's not a real opinion, there's no opinion about, oh, was this uh, a foul or not, where it's obvious and clear that that's what it is. Something was just interpreted in the wrong way and there are no contrasting opinions. Yeah, a classic example of that could be where the referee from his angle on his on on the pitch, it looks like there's clear contact, which has caused a foul for a penalty. But when everybody watches a video back, it's clear that there's no contact and the attacker has actually dived, committed simulation. That that's a perfect example of that is then clear and obvious. Because everybody, when they watch the video, they need to watch it once and go, Well, that was a dive, there was no contact. The referee got unlucky with what they saw. So let's give a referee a second chance. We'll call an on VAR can call an on-field review. The referee can go check the decision at the pitch side monitor and change their decision and hopefully get to the right outcome. Whereas on serious miss incidents, that's probably a little bit easier because we are, as as the wording in the law say, we are talking about incidents that are completely missed by the referee. For example, something that happens on the other side of the pitch. Imagine a situation when there is a corner and, and the goalkeeper on the other side of the pitch punches one of the attackers. No referees would have seen that because everyone would be looking at where plays. That's what we mean with serious miss incidents. Obviously, there must be serious 
So if there is a little bit of pushing and shoving, VR is not going to get involved because if there's no red card or no penalty to be awarded for, for a, a serious misincident, there's no need for VR to get involved. Want to get fitter than you've ever been before this off-season? Or perhaps just in-season, you want to be better prepared for your games? Head to our website at refcoach.org for some fantastic referee-specific training plans. They'll get you in the best shape you've ever been. Another aspect to discuss is factual decisions or opinion-based decisions. So we touched on a couple of examples of uh, where VAR can intervene on goals. And so a factual example of a decision is offside. A player is either offside or they're onside. There's no in-between. They are one of the other. It is one or the other. It is black and white. An opinion-based decision is the majority of decisions in football. Is it a foul? Yes or no? Well, there's no way we can use technology to give us a correct answer there because it's a decision that humans, referees, have to make. It's opinion-based. And that leads on to, does the referee need to do an on-field review, which is where they come and look at the pitch side monitor, or can they take the VAR's word in their ear and change their decision there and then? So on your factual-based decisions, such as offside, referees don't need to go over to the monitor and check. Now, there's some instances involving offside which can become opinion-based decisions, such as, is a player interfering with play? Are they impacting a defender? Uh, Was the ball played or deflected? They can become opinion-based decisions related to offside. But on a basic offside, is the player on or off? It's a factual-based decision. And the referee doesn't need to go for an on-field review. They can just listen to the VAR and change their decision accordingly. On the flip side to that, on an incident such as a red card where the referee is perhaps given a, a yellow card and the VAR decides that it is clearly a red card, the VAR will come into the referee's ear and say, I recommend a review uh, on the yellow card you gave. Uh, I think it's serious foul play. Uh, I recommend that you come over and have a... Uh, look on the screen, do an on-field review and have a look at your decision and, and, and make your decision. And that, that's not the actual communication process that will go on, but just as an example for this podcast, that's the sort of vague description. That's the gist of it. Yeah, that's the gist of, uh, of the conversation. So if it's an opinion-based decision, the VAR will recommend the referee comes and has a look again for himself on the pitch side monitor. It's important to say that all the decisions and all the situations are always checked by VAR. And that's why I, I, you hear a lot a lot of times, lots of pundits talking about teams being able to ask for reviews. And that's why there is no need for them because yeah. every situation is always reviewed. All decisions are reviewed. I, I feel sometimes people think VARs are just sitting in a box watching the game uh, up there in the stadium. Well, that's not how it works. VARs and AVARs, they're watching and checking all the decisions. Watching all different angles, replays. They're not just watching the game as a pundit, drinking <laughs> a beer as the game goes on. <laughs> we, we, we wish it was that easy. Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. Definitely, that's definitely not the case. Something that I find quite interesting, Ale, is how different countries have interpreted VAR. And I think this is natural given it's such a new aspect to football so different footballing cultures are going to interpret it in different ways just like yes the laws of the game are the same in every country but a game in south america is refereed very differently to a game in the premier league 
for example, the English Premier League in the first two or three years they had VAR, I'm not sure exactly, but they didn't use on-field reviews. Uh, the decision was reviewed by the VAR and then they would just tell the referee, uh, you've got the decision wrong, you need to change your decision and give a penalty. Um, they did that for, I think there's a YouTube video with, with Mike Riley discussing VAR before the start of this Premier League season and he talks about that a little bit, but they recognise now that that probably wasn't the right way to go. So now they followed the rest of the world and they use on-field reviews just like any other country does. Another example is AFC have, so the Asian Football Confederation have an opinion where they use VAR to give the referees a second chance. So they're more likely to recommend a review than perhaps the Premier League who want to use the VAR as little as possible for um, minimum interference, maximum benefit. It's very important, I think, Jake, you know, when we think about VAR, we also, we also think about the culture of the country where VR is um, utilized because when I think about the Premier League, and I don't know if it's changed, but I remember, you know, there is a, a tendency of discussing way less refereeing decisions, while some countries like, for example, Italy, where I'm from, there is literally shows about referees' decisions, which means it's very different. And VR, it's a discussion topic every week for different reasons. But it's also important to understand that VR has to adapt to the style of refereeing in different leagues. I, in the last week, I watched an Italian match, and I, at a certain stage, I just went, "There's too many fouls, there's too many whistles," and I felt like the game was very choppy. Whilst probably could have been, we could have played a little bit more. And then I watched the Champions League during the week, and it was a whole different thing. And it was way more enjoyable. Hmm. Uh, but obviously, VAR has to adapt to each style of refereeing. And that's why we see also in, in international tournaments, like, for example, the Champions League, teams are appointed from the same country because at the end of the day, as you said before, we don't want VAR re-refereeing the match. And that's why on-field reviews are also so important because the same referee that is on the field should make a decision because it has to be in line with how the rest of the 90 minutes have been refereed. Hmm. You touched on how, as I did, the the culture. And I think one country that has adapted really, really well to their culture, and that is because of the other sports that are played in that country. So we're talking about America. You think of American football, NFL, NBA. It's a very commercialized sport, uh, but they're used to the referees talking to the crowds like they do in NFL. So the MLS has embraced that as much as possible under the laws of the game, the directives of IFAB to the fact where they are incredibly transparent about their VAR use. Every week, Greg Barkey, who runs VAR for the MLS, gets on YouTube and he runs through the VAR decisions for the week. Uh, we had him as a guest on My Life on the Line. You can go listen to that podcast from a number of months ago where Greg gives us some great insight as to why they do it, the reception they've had. But it works really well. People accept VAR a lot more over there because they're so transparent about its use. And... Uh, it might not work so well in every country because it, it, every culture is different. But if we're looking at the pinnacle of, of transparency and acceptance of VAR, the MLS would definitely be up there. Yeah, and this is, they also tried a lot of interesting um, solutions and different options, like even communicating to the to the crowd why they made a certain decision. Uh, and Greg talks 
talked about all that stuff in that podcast episode, which was really, really interesting. In today's podcast about VAR, we discussed why was VAR brought in originally? We talked about when VAR can intervene, the situations when it can and when it can't. We talked about how it can intervene. Is the decision clear and obvious? What is clear and obvious? And is the decision factual or is it opinion-based? We touched on on-field reviews, how they work. And then finally, we talked about different countries' interpretations of VAR. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. For more referee education, join our Facebook group and become a RefCoach member for free at refcoach.org. If you like the work we do, you can support us by purchasing a RefCoach whistle to show that you are part of the RefCoach community when you're out on the pitch.